the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thinking about health care these days? Well, you're not alone. And it seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by. That's why you've come to the right place with Dr. Bill, your radio MD. He's got the answers because he's a doctor. I said he's a doctor, and he wants to hear from you right now. 877-969-8600. This is AM860, The Answer. And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Welcome to the show. I'm at am860theanswer.com, and we are on 9 to 10 a.m. every Sunday morning, Eastern Standard Time, right on this station, am860. And when the guys are feeling really, really uh, chippy and happy, they'll play this show and other other of my shows on other stations uh, but uh, today we're on AM860, The Answer. You can reach me by going to drbillradiomd.com and clicking Listen Live or going to the station's website, am860theanswer.com, and click Listen Live. And if you have a headset on your computer or speakers, then you can hear the show. Uh, so we are actually worldwide because you can get me on the web anywhere, and we have people who listen to us in both Canada and Brazil and uh, I'm sure there are some other countries that have picked up on this. So I'm your international Dr. Bill. Oh, boy. That's fun, isn't it? I love it. And I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to be with you guys on this beautiful post-Thanksgiving Sunday. It's a gorgeous day here in Tampa Bay, Florida. And uh, I've got a little gratitude list I've started to work on. I thought maybe you guys would like to share that with me and with you. I'll share mine with you. If you want to share your gratitude list with me, I'm at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. And you can call the show. This is talk radio. Well, I got to tell you that probably the best thing that's happened to me in decades is that there is now a medication that will prevent migraine headaches, and it works. It's a monoclonal antibody, and I'll talk a little bit about monoclonal antibodies uh, after I tell you about this new medication. The medication is called Amovig, A-E-M-O-V-I-G, and the generic name is Irunumab, E-R-E-N-U-M-A-B, and the M-A-B is at the end of all the monoclonal antibody medications, M-A-B, monoclonal antibody, MABs, M for monoclonal, AB for antibody. Now, these are antibodies that are made by identical immune cells, and these cells can be uh, derived from mice, from bacteria, from fungi, uh, and the 
geneticists manipulate these cells to make one specific antibody that works on one specific pathway and does one specific job. The way that this Amovig works for migraine headaches is it blocks the uh, effects of a protein in the brain that when it attaches to the lining of the brain, the meninges, in people who have migraine headaches, it precipitates severe headaches. And migraines are, are terrible, debilitating uh, uh, headaches to have. They're, they're not only painful, but there's visual disturbance and you can be nearly blind. Auditory disturbance where you can have uh, sensitivity to sound, sensitivity to light, nausea, vomiting. Uh, I've been so sick with migraines that I have been uh, ashen and sweating profusely. And people thought I was having a heart attack or a stroke. So this is a, a miracle drug. And it's a once-a-month injection. It's a self-injection. It's got an auto-injector. And it is uh, really something that dramatically decreases the number of migraines and the severity of migraines in people who have migraine headaches. This is a bad syndrome. It interferes with life at a number of levels. And it's, it's only my, uh, my stubbornness that has allowed me to function and to continue on as much as I have and accomplish as much as I have with these terrible migraine headaches, this terrible stigmata that I've been cursed with. God bless my mother. She gave me a big brain, but she also gave me her migraine headaches. She gave all four of her children her bad migraines. And she used to be on the couch uh, in the dark with a wet cloth over her head, nauseous, vomiting, um, and this may go on, might have gone on for two or three days. And back in her day, there was limited treatment. There were some uh, uh, medications that you could, you could take. There were some suppositories you could take rectally. Uh, and they were somewhat effective, but they were also uh, very discomforting, not only because it was, you know, up your you-know-what, but also because the medication had other side effects. So... The side effects of the monoclonal antibodies are going to be uh, mainly the reaction at the injection site. Some people will have a reaction at the site where they inject it into their, into their skin. So that, that's probably the biggest thing. And there are some other minor problems you can have with it, including constipation. Uh, but these are all treatable with over-the-counter medications. So it's a, it's a wonderful drug. Now, I've got a lot of friends who have a lot of problems doctors as well. And it's amazing to me that there are monoclonal antibodies. There are treatments out there for specific diseases like psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis and rheumatoid arthritis and all kinds of autoimmune diseases that can be treated with these monoclonal antibodies, and yet they don't want to do it. And I have one friend, and he's in his early 50s now, and he is getting severe psoriatic arthritis. And the place that this attacks mainly in, in people with psoriasis is in their low back and their sacroiliac joint, which is down at the bottom of their spine, where their spine meets their pelvic bones. And uh, he just has refused to use these medications. He thinks that 
that putting something foreign into his system is bad for him. Well, he's already got something foreign in there now. He's got his own antibodies that are attacking his own tissue because they think his tissues are foreign. And to block these antibodies from having this effect on your system uh, can literally be life-saving. Save your joints, save your brain, save your skin, save your blood vessels, uh, save your vision, save you from dementia. So these are a, a, a really wonderful uh, class of medications that have a, a wide range of usage. There's almost 100 of them out there now, and it is uh, something to see uh, the effects that it has. And, of course, it's not going to work for everybody, but it works for a lot of people, and it's certainly working for me. You know, I'm about a, a week into my new treatment with the same Vig, and I've had one migraine headache, and honestly, for as long as I can remember, I woke up every day with a mild headache, and I have woken up the past week with only one day having a headache, and I know the cause of that, too. So th this is a miracle drug for me, just a miracle. My migraines got worse after I broke my neck and had my fusion because of the uh, the neurologic effects on the strap muscles in my neck, which pinch the nerves that come out of my spinal cord and go to my head and my face. And we know that these are precipitants of migraine headaches. So although I still have the neck pain, I'm not getting the headaches. It's, it's just a miracle. So I'm so grateful for that. You know, you think about all the things that we have in our modern world and all the things that we have to be grateful for. And you think about the medical uh, discoveries and the medical devices and the medications and these monoclonal antibodies are truly miraculous. Here's another thing I'm grateful for. <laughs> this, is, this is low tech, but I love it. I had lent my scaffolding. I have some Werner scaffolding. It's aluminum and it's really lightweight. It's easy to put together and move around. I had lent it to a friend for several years and I finally went and picked it up because I'm pressure washing the house and touching up the paint here and there where it needs it. And also wanted to get the Christmas decorations up and my neighbor counts on me to help her with her Christmas decorations. So I got my scaffolding back. Yahoo. And this is really miraculous stuff. I mean, you think about people uh, 250 years ago when they wanted to do some work on a building. They had to build scaffolding out of whatever materials they had at hand. And of course, in Western society, that would have been primarily wooden scaffolding. So that was a project in and of itself. Now, in our modern era, we can get metal scaffolding that you can just slot together. And you put a clip on it here and a crossbar there and a walkboard and a plank, and, and you've got instant scaffolding. So in 30 minutes, I can put together a scaffold that I can get up to the highest part of my house, which is almost 30 feet up in the air because I had to build up. I'm on the water. So even though the stories are only nine or 10 feet high, um, we're 15 feet above grade. So we're about 35 feet to the top of the house, about 30 feet uh, to the eaves, maybe not quite that high, but pretty close. So I can get up there in 30 minutes. I can put my scaffolding together and get up there 
and do repairs, touch up the paint, uh, pressure wash the siding, uh, get the paint cleaned up, clean the windows, do all kinds of things. Oh boy. So that's another thing that I'm extremely grateful for. Now I'm going to give you my list of unusual and unconventional things that I'm grateful for. And you may say, well, doc, you're crazy. Well, that goes without saying. I mean, that's, that's really not relevant to the, uh, to the conversation here. So let's think about this. What is it that you use every day that makes your life better, that keeps you cleaner, that's not irritating, and that protects you in a number of ways? Toilet paper. Yes, sir. Toilet paper. Thank God for modern toilet paper. You think about how people cleaned their behinds two or three centuries ago. Oh, my God. They must have been raw, raw, raw. I just, uh, I'm just so grateful for toilet paper. And another thing in the bathroom I'm grateful for, toothpaste. You think about the problems people had with their teeth prior to modern dentistry and modern toothpaste and the discovery that the problem is bacteria. We didn't even know about bacteria before 1850, 1860. We didn't know that they caused tooth decay or that they caused diseases. We had an idea that they did, but Louis Pasteur was the one who, who did all the heavy lifting and discovered all of the, uh, all of the, causality between bacteria and diseases. So you think about toothpaste, killing bacteria, cleaning our teeth, keeping the plaque off, preserving our teeth. Oh my God, what a wonderful thing. What a wonderful thing. And so we've got uh, a number of miraculous inventions that have come along in the 20th century, uh, including monoclonal antibodies. And you think about modern day soap. I mean, think of the days when you had to make your own soap. You made it out of tallow or fat and lye, and you had to sit there and cook it and mix it and then pour it and let it set up. And uh, there were not additives that we have today for skin softening or for scent or for uh, increased antibacterial activity so that we can keep our hands clean as doctors and nurses working in in hospitals or food service workers. These are are truly wonderful things, and it's cut down on the spread of disease, whether it is diseases that we spread with our hands or diseases that we spread by coughing on each other. All of these things have been miracles in our lifetime. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Here's something else I'm really grateful for. Now, I don't know how often you eat pizza, but I'm guessing I have pizza a couple of times a week. I don't eat a lot, maybe a piece or two of pizza, but thank God for pizza. Thank God for pizza. What a wonderful food. (laughs) You know, you get calories, you get vitamins, you get some minerals, you get some protein from the cheese, you get uh, your lycopene from the tomato sauce, which apparently helps prevent 
certain cancers like prostate cancer. And uh, it's just a great food. It's quick, it's easy, it's tasty, goes down, stays down nicely, and really fills the bill for me a lot of days. And I will stop at our local pizza joint on the way home two or three nights a week, grab a piece of pizza and a beer, and it's the perfect ending to a perfect day. So that's also on my gratitude list, believe it or not. I like the simple things in life as well as the complex. A good cup of coffee. There you go. Opposable thumbs. Oh, my God. I could have all the scaffolding in the world, and if I didn't have opposable thumbs, I couldn't paint. I couldn't accomplish all of the uh, fine detail work that I do because I've got these 10 digits and two thumbs and an index finger and the, the last two digits on each hand, the fourth and fifth, actually the third, fourth, and fifth work together, grip, but the first and second, the thumb and the index finger, those are the ones that help me with the fine details. The third finger, well, it has a lot of uses and some we won't talk about on the radio, but uh, it also contributes both to fine detail and to gripping. So thank you, God, for opposing thumbs. Thank you. That's a great thing. I love it. Now, here's something I just realized. It's brand new. I rented a car when I was up in Toronto, and I was really grateful for this. It has, uh, you know, an autopilot, auto drive on it, um, and it will, you set the speed, and it'll keep you going 70 miles an hour or whatever, but it also has uh, radar or uh, sonar or infrared beam that goes in front of the car, and when you come close enough to another vehicle, it automatically slows down to that vehicle's speed. And I thought, my God, this is, this is just ingenious. It's wonderful. Self-driving cars are right around the corner, but for me, this was, this was really a godsend because, you know, I'm busy, I'm on the phone, I'm setting up appointments, I'm doing all the things I'm not supposed to do when I'm driving, and uh, it, it's a wonderful way to keep you safe when you're on autopilot, when you got your car set on the auto speed. It also had a, 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 a what do you call it, a, a, a little gadget on it that if you drifted outside of your lane, it would pull you back in and it would beep. So it try to keep you inside your lane. So if you're... Uh, reaching over to grab something or one of the kids is, is doing something and you're trying to stop a fight in the back seat and you're not looking and paying attention as well as you should, if you start to drift over into another lane, it will warn you and it'll try to keep you in your lane. I thought, this is, this is wonderful. I mean, I'm so grateful for this. The next car I get, I'm going to get this. Hopefully by the time I buy another car, which will probably be another five years, They'll have the self-driving vehicles, and I won't even have to do anything other than just sit there because I'm sick of driving. That's one thing I'm not grateful for. I'm not grateful for having to drive. I hate to drive. I don't know about you, but I can't stand people on the road. I'm very tolerant, loving, and kind in the office and at home, 
But when I get behind the wheel of a car, I just want to run everybody over. I want people out of my way. I want to get where I'm going. I don't want anybody bothering me. But you know what? If you run people over or you run into other people's cars, some for some odd reason, the police show up and they want to arrest you. For- okay, Doc Handelman, I got to chime in here. Maybe the next car that you need is a Hummer. I need a Hummer with with uh, 22-inch wheels so I can run over people. <laughs> and a forklift attachment on either side, front and back, so that you can, well, you know, you can, like, push cars and lift them over. Uh, you know, the other thing is you could you could mount a 50-caliber machine gun on top. Okay, of now you're getting too far. <laughs> but even better would be a laser cannon so you can just eliminate the evidence completely. So you just you just uh, vaporize whoever's in your way and slowing you down. A lot of little old ladies would, would no longer exist if I had that on my car. So we don't want to give me that. That's not a good idea. Dr. Bill would not do good with that. <laughs> the police would be after me. So what are you grateful for, Jose? I'm grateful uh, definitely for my health as it is right now. Uh, I, I'm I'm grateful that I I we have family who suffer as you do with migraines and it's just unimaginable. I can't imagine what that must be like. It's a little stigmata, but now there's this relief, so you can tell them about the Amovig, A I M O V I G, and the generic is Irunamab, and you can Google that, and it is uh, uh, just a, a a godsend so far for me. I, so I, I definitely will remember that um, it was it's my uh, my sister in law and the poor thing was over for Thanksgiving and she was just you know she had to go through all of this effort to wrap her head in a cold they they make these really uh, neat looking it looks like a helmet but it's like soft material and it's cold you put it in the refrigerator and it keeps it cold and you know we had to be mindful of the uh, the intensity of the light and the the amount of sound that's going through the house and so. Our hearts just break for her, and then so hopefully uh, maybe this new thing that you were speaking of uh, earlier might uh, offer some sort of relief for her. But one of the other things that I'm thankful for is that, um, you know, we're we're living in a time right now where we're able to see these incredible advance, advancements in medicine, and it's within our reach, you know, as long as, of course, if we've got coverage, and most of us do, that uh, um, are working – and so uh, I'm just really thankful for that. I'm relatively healthy right now. Um, Got to get um, my blood pressure down, and um, uh, it's 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 good. It's really good. I've got healthy children. My wife is going strong, and so everything is just fantastic. That's that's wonderful. And you know, the, you, you think about it, and you think you got your health, you got your family, and you've got a roof over your head, you got a job, you got food on the table. I mean. You know, that's 90% of it right there. Sure those is. are yep. Those are great things to be thankful for. I mean, you think of simple things like gears, gears in a car. <laughs> you know, I mean, if we didn't have gears, we wouldn't have uh, mastered watches and time, uh, vehicles, um, production. I mean, you think of these simple little things that have revolutionized the way we live as human beings. And, and now we're getting it down to microscopic levels. We've got uh, we've got gears that are are almost at an atomic level, and they're they're being put to use. So think of the gears and you know our little spin toothbrushes. How on earth did anybody 
figure out to come up with a gear small enough to drive a toothbrush drive shaft that would turn the brushes and the bristles around so you get your teeth cleaner. I mean, uh, to me, that's that's miraculous in and of itself. And uh, the the creation of plastics, the uh, the use of carbon for uh, harder, lighter materials. So we've got these uh, hybrid materials that we can use with carbon fiber. Uh, I mean, it's all we're we're living in such a miraculous and marvelous time. It's all all too much to take in, really. And and you you think about these antibodies. I mean, we didn't even know about antibodies till the beginning of the last century. And then Dr. Ehrlich uh, discovered or came upon this. And there were postulations made about the effects that they had and how they could be utilized. And initially we used antibodies to uh, perform laboratory tests. And so if you went to your doctor 30 years ago and got a strep test or a mono spot test, that was probably an antibody test. And what we did is we made antibodies to one of the markers on the strep bacteria cell surface, and these antibodies would lock onto the strep. And on the other end of the antibody, we'd, we'd hook on uh, a fluorescing chemical and when enough of these antibodies and strep bacteria were coalescing together, then you could see a little fluorescent reaction and you could say, oh, you got strep throat. And that was uh, a, a laboratory miracle. And we have hooked other things to these antibodies and used them in the laboratory, uh, nuclear radioactive materials. And we've also hooked onto it little sticky substances so that when you get enough of these antibodies, hooking up with antigens like on the strep bacteria, they'll, they'll congeal and form a little, uh, a little area that you can see. Uh, so th- th- remarkable the way that these were initially utilized. And then in the 1970s and 80s, people started to say, well, look, if we can use them to hook on to the surface of a, of a bacteria to show in the lab that this bacteria is in your system, Maybe we can hook it on to other things like proteins in your body or receptor sites on cells in your body that will block the effects of other uh, antibodies or other proteins or other hormones in the system. And so this whole new era has just come about in the past 30, 40 years. And there are now literally about 100 monoclonal antibodies on the market, and they Uh, are utilized for everything from rheumatoid arthritis to migraine headaches to allergies uh, to uh, asthma now. There's one out for asthma to treatment for leukemias to um, uh, treatment for breast cancer, certain types of breast cancers, certain types of lung cancers can now be uh, at least not cured, but at least slowed down and given some, given patients some more time to live when they have terminal lung cancer. And uh, uh, there's just a whole host of, of substances and purposes for this, this new class of drugs. What a miraculous discovery this has been. Uh, I think that the most common ones are the ones we see on TV for rheumatoid arthritis, for psoriasis, for uh, uh, now for the migraine headaches, 
now for the asthma and for the allergic skin diseases. All of these things are on TV, and you can see these, and these are all the MABs, M-A-B. They all end with this M-A-B, monoclonal antibody, at the end uh, of, the, of, the, uh, of the generic name, like rituximab and numerab and ipilimumab. I can't even pronounce some of these. So the main use now has been in autoimmune diseases, but it's coming into uh, treatment of cancers, uh, Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, which are debilitating diseases of the, of the intestine, autoimmune diseases. Uh, ankylosing spondylitis, which is another autoimmune disease that affects the spine and fuses the spine together because of the severe arthritis in the spine. We're using it to help with rejection of kidney transplants because when you transplant a kidney from one person to another, there's going to be uh, material in that new kidney that is foreign to the system of the person who is receiving it. And over time, they're going to build up antibodies to that kidney that is not theirs. It's somebody else's. So we now have uh, acute rejection of the kidney transplant uh, partially controlled with uh, one of these monoclonal antibodies. And these are wonderful, wonderful uh, abilities of medicine men to and women to prevent rejection and give people a longer life with an with someone else's kidney, with a transplanted kidney. Uh, there's uh, treatment for leukemias and lymphomas, which are cancers of the blood system, breast cancer, as I said, certain lung cancers. Uh, there is one now out for a certain subset of melanomas, and melanomas are skin cancers, which are the uh, most uh, aggressive and the most serious of all the skin cancers. And I had a melanoma taken off of my right shoulder a couple of years ago. Uh, fortunately, I haven't had recurrence. We caught it pretty early, but uh, I have a higher incidence of recurrence than someone who's never had it before. And if it's a certain subtype, which is about 40% of these melanoma skin cancers, then you can treat and cure these melanomas. And Jimmy Carter, our ex-president, had the uh, type of melanoma that was treatable with these new uh, monoclonal antibodies. And he even had metastases. He had tumors inside of him in his liver and in his brain, apparently. And he was completely cured, completely cured. Previously, this was a disease that was treatable only by surgery and uh, with some minor control with uh, some old-time medications that have been around but that never really cured it. Well, I'm going to go grab a cup of joe, and I'll be right back. When I come back, we'll get back on that list of gratitude, and we'll get an attitude of gratitude. The Jose and me will be right back, amigos. That you ever know Hope you get the pretty girls That's pretty at everything Million dollar cribs Having million dollar dreams And when you get it all Just remember one day Remember one day That one man could change the world With SRN News I'm Michael Harrington in Washington French President Emmanuel Macron says the European Union must, quote, learn lessons from Britain's decision to leave it. Speaking from Brussels, Macron said the exit of a major member state for the first time in the bloc's history showed that Europe is fragile and the EU is not a given. The EU did sign off on a deal 
for divorce with the U.K. today. And the U.K. says it will take a vote in Parliament on that matter before Christmas. Mexico's incoming interior minister says there's no deal with the U.S. regarding thousands of Central American illegal immigrants that want asylum here. The Washington Post had quoted Olga Sanchez as saying that the incoming administration had agreed to allow the illegals to stay in Mexico as a short-term solution while the U.S. considered their applications. That's apparently not going to happen. And from Black Friday on, people are doing a lot of Christmas shopping this weekend over last year. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727 Eight four six four one one seven two seven three eight four six four one one. Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted, and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments, so call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727 727- Five four five nine six seven four. When it comes to financial security, building income is important. Just as important is keeping as much of that income in your account, not Uncle Sam's. Tax strategist and financial planner Rebecca Walser of Walser Wealth gets it. Many of our clients are shocked when they hear us say that a 401k or qualified plan, which basically means you're not paying your taxes now on that investment, is not a great strategy. Here's the catch with the 401k and any other qualified plan. In retirement, when you've lost your exemptions and you've lost your deductions, the retirement dollars that you pull out of your 401k, your IRA, are subject to ordinary income tax rates set by the government in that year. And we are on a trend for our tax needs to go up dramatically. Can you afford to pay your retirement taxes in retirement and not now while you're working? Call tax strategist and certified financial planner Rebecca Walser at Walser Wealth today. 866-92-WEALTH. 866-929-3258. Online at walserwealth.com. Do you have a cracked or broken windshield and full coverage insurance? Do you want a new windshield at no charge and up to $100 cash back on the spot for your damaged windshield? Call Autoglass America today at 813-96-GLASS. They work for you, not your insurance company. 813-96-GLASS. 813-96-GLASS. We turn your broken glass into cold, hard cash. Autoglass America. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. After catchy dense fog for the morning, we'll have a partly sunny day today with a high approaching 80. Partly cloudy tonight with patchy fog developing after midnight, low 68. Patchy fog continues into the morning tomorrow, becoming cloudy for the day with a shower or a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon. High again approaching 80. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Kevin Snyder for AM860, The Answer. I hope you learn to make it on your own And if you let yourself just know you'll never be alone I hope that you get everything you want and that you chose I hope that it's the realest thing that you ever know Hope you get the pretty girls that's pretty at everything 
million dollar cribs having million dollar dreams and when you get it all and just I'm remember back. This one is Dr. day Bill, your radio md we're on am860 the answer and i've got my wingman jose with me this morning and we're doing good so far we're talking about our gratitude list Jose and I were talking. He is originally from New York City, and I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky. So we're we're transplants down here. But uh, Jose, I don't know about you, but <laughs> I couldn't be happier being in Florida. This is this is to die for. I mean, we wake up in paradise every day. I I don't know how you feel about it, but that's I feel the that, exact same way. I can't imagine raising my children anywhere else other maybe other than maybe in the Carolinas, perhaps maybe uh, uh, Tennessee. Uh, but nowhere else. Florida has been just a, a, a godsend for us. It's been a blessing. Uh, we got tired of the cold in New York, and so we've been here ever since. I hear that. I hear that. Well, you know, uh, I, I know that we hear a lot about the president and a lot of a lot of uh, controversy over the man. But you know, I'm grateful for the guy. I don't care that he's a, a, a showman and a showboat. That doesn't bother me. I mean, he's he's doing such wonderful things for us. And, the economy is doing well. He's protecting our borders. And I don't know about you, Jose, but I agree with him. I think that if people want to come into the country, they need to do it uh, through the rule of law. And uh, <laughs> I think that you and I and everyone else that voted for him, we knew, well, there was no false pretense. We knew exactly what we were getting, uh, getting ourselves yep. into by electing him. We accepted him. Even the Christian community accepted him with all of his shortcomings and faults. Uh, And we just knew if he is who he is uh, with what he was saying on the campaign trail, that's precisely what we wanted. And he delivered. That's right. And, you know, and people say, why do you like him? It's not about liking or disliking him. It's about the message, for goodness sakes. You know, I'm not a. I don't worship demagogues. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm almost 70. I've been practicing medicine for 40 years. I've seen more of life than 99.9999% of the people on earth. And I'm sure that he's a great guy and has done a lot for his family and his friends and his community. But, you know, I didn't vote for him because I thought he was the number one person of all times. I voted for him because I liked his message. I don't know about you, Jose, but, I mean, he said exactly what I was thinking. Most definitely, and he reminds me, Doc, of another pivotal individual in our American history, and that is Hyman Rickover. And if you don't know who he is, he is the godfather of what stands today as our um, naval nuclear surface and submerged fleet. He was the one that set the tone and the uh, the protocol for how to pro- propel you know propel our ships and submarines with nuclear energy post Second World War II, and the guy was hated. He was absolutely reviled by his colleagues in the U.S. Navy. He was reviled by the State Department, by the Department of Defense, simply because he was a hard nose. He ins- he insisted on nothing less than perfection, and you'd better have a, a pretty darn good excuse for not achieving what he would consider per- perfection because of the, the 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 risk and all of the complexities of nuclear propulsion. And so Hyman Rickover is one of these people that a lot of the people that go through submarine school, they they revere him. They 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 look up to him. He's an example of that sternness of that person who delivered on everything that he said. He never ever wavered 
on what he knew needed to be. That's right. And uh, he was the uh, the father of the nuclear technology. And basically, the nuclear technology that was employed was just using nuclear energy to create steam, to drive a turbine, to charge up batteries so that a nuclear submarine could stay under the water for weeks, even months, and would not have to come to the surface. Prior to that, if you burned diesel fuel, you had to come up to the surface to get oxygen so that you could burn your fuel, so that you could drive your turbines and uh, store your electricity in the batteries. And a lot of people don't realize that submarines are a big part of the submarine is just for batteries and for electrical energy storage and for transfer of electrical energy back into mechanical energy. So that, that's absolutely true. And I, and I also have been preaching uh, nuclear energy since I was in junior high school, believe it or not. I was in the seventh and eighth grade when I got interested in nuclear energy. And my sisters, my left-wing loony sisters, who I love dearly, they all yell about the environment and how terrible we're treating the environment. And I say, well, the solution is simple. And they say, what's that, Billy? And I say, you got to go nuclear. Well, of course, for the Democrats, nuclear is, I guess, uh, akin to death. And th that's just ridiculous. It's the cleanest form of energy. It's the safest form of energy. It's the easiest to dispose of. It's the easiest to, to, uh, transport. It just doesn't require as much. Uh, it doesn't tear up the land like digging for coal. It doesn't deplete the subsurface like uh, fracking shale does. And uh, But to get people to, to accept this and move over to it is just like pulling teeth. But that is one of the things that we should be extremely grateful for, not only because of the nuclear energy that it that we have from that and that it produces and turns it into electricity again with turbines and storage and pumping all of these electrons over the wires. But it's also used in medicine in science and in industry. Uh, the uh, isotopes that are produced in a nuclear reactor we use in medicine, not only for diagnostics, but for treatment. Uh, we've used it to treat cancers like thyroid cancers uh, we've used it to diagnose heart disease, and there's just a number of applications that that we have for nuclear materials that are created in a nuclear reactor. And people say, well, what about all the people that were killed at Chernobyl? You know, Jose, there were only 50 to 52 people that were killed at Chernobyl, and they were all the first responders and the workers inside who went back in to try to put out the fire at Chernobyl. Yeah, it, and the same it, thing happened to, uh, unfortunately, the technicians that tried to reenter the uh, Fukushima um, plant when uh, it suffered the earthquake and subsequent um, tidal wave or, or uh, the tsunami. Yeah. Uh, it was the same thing. They were just exposed and trying to deal with the critical situation at the time. And that's that's really where the deaths occurred. That's right, and uh, the people in in Chernobyl, the little town there, they had left a couple of days before, and the uh, the the problem was that the technicians inside of the control booths ignored all the warnings. Yep, and they and you you have all these warning systems, 
And I don't know why they ignored them. I think they thought there was some uh, instrument failure. But in the meantime, the cooling bath, the water that goes around the nuclear core and cools it down because these things heat up tremendously, uh, it evaporated. And then all of a sudden you had this tremendous uh, mass of heat. And what happens is this will actually burn a hole in the earth and it'll go down and hit a pocket of water in the earth, subterranean, and that will cause a, uh, a, a steam explosion. And that's the explosion. It's not a nuclear explosion. It can blow n- nuclear waste into the atmosphere and, and into the surrounding area. But, uh, you know, these are not huge amounts over long periods of time. They're, they're dissipated fairly well. There was a big concern about uh, people downwind about the kids getting thyroid cancers, and this was primarily in Ukraine and in the uh, areas that were downwind from the, uh, from the plant. And so far, there has not been a huge increase in thyroid cancers. In addition, thyroid cancers are not that tough to diagnose and treat. They're pretty easy to, to diagnose, pretty easy to treat. I haven't seen anybody die from a thyroid cancer since I was a medical student. I mean, it just doesn't happen. They're not that common, and they're easy to pick up because the thyroid gland is very superficial. It's right in your neck, right below your Adam's apple. You can feel it if you put your fingers right above that little notch in your sternum and swallow, and you can feel a little bit of soft tissue that will rub up against your fingers as you swallow. So I'm I'm really not that worried about the problems from nuclear material and and you know all this hysteria like at Fukushima uh, people saying oh there's going to be all these deaths there there hadn't been hardly any deaths or just a few people that were inside as you say Jose the workers that died from the radiation exposure but you know they're not even going back into these plants uh, to the cores for decades because of the contamination. And the the interesting thing is that this has spurred a revolution in robotics because they're trying to come up with robots that they can send in and that can do some of the work the humans would do to clean up the, uh, the, the nuclear waste and debris that is inside of these reactors. And that's another thing to be thankful for, Doc, is the... Oh, uh, yeah is the spin-off technology from uh, the space system, from NASA. And we, oh, are, yeah. we are still deriving all sorts of spin-off uh, technology benefits from what we did uh, back in the, uh, in the 50s and 60s when we were racing to the moon. And so one of them is the research of robotics and just anything like remote sensing. And uh, we are, again, like I said earlier, we're, we're, we are just um, enjoying the benefits, and certainly very thankful for those kinds of advances. You know, you think about the the programs that NASA implemented and the, the great advances in technology because of the space program, and this is filtered down to us. Exactly, Jose, to you and me, we benefit from all of these technologies. And although it's a terrible thing to have a disaster like the tsunami destroy the the uh, plants, the nuclear plants, uh, it's also uh, a blessing in that it is spurring a new revolution, a new generation of robots that are going to be able to go in and do jobs, dirty jobs that humans cannot and will not do. And uh, that's exactly uh, the type of thing that we need. We we need to 
preserve ourselves, because as I've said over and over again, self-preservation is the first law. And if you don't get that one down, the rest of the day is pretty well shot. And so these are wonderful technologies. And they, they even have a caterpillar robot because one of the entrances into one of the cores was a pipe that was too small for a man to go through and come back out safely. So they made a robot that is a caterpillar. And I saw this thing, and it is too cool. And it went in, and it looked around and gathered some data and came back out. Uh, amazing, amazing the things that are that are being done. The people and, that are at um, uh, Jet Propulsion Labs, Boston Research, um, our friends at Honda, uh, DARPA, they are doing some really phenomenal, like, science fiction-level robotics. Now I've been seeing some of this stuff go come through. And uh, some of these things are now autonomous. They're not tethered. Uh, they have figured out um, how to gyroscope balance and to compensate with um, irregularities in the surface that they, they, they literally walk on or some of them are even running. And uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty scary. I mean, of course, some people out there will say, oh, my gosh, when they become self-aware, <laughs> that's the end of humanity when they realize that uh, we're the problem and, and they're the solution. But uh, still, the idea of being able to send something like that that is so agile and so remarkably strong to be able to deal with something like um, perhaps like a, a, a mine collapse or, or, a, or, or, a, or a heated core, a superheated core at a nuclear power plant or, or engaging in, maybe in a, in a wildfire, that to me is totally, totally worth it. Yeah, and you think about a nuclear core, instead of having workers go in and out at uh, – at specific intervals and heavy outfits so that they don't get too much radiation. You just got robots that go around and, and keep tabs on things. Yep. And uh, if you think your equipment's not operating, not functioning properly in the control booth, your gauges aren't working, well, you just go ask one of your robots what's going on. And uh, they'll give you an answer. You know, con contamination levels are normal. And water levels are normal. The core temperature is normal. All these things are uh, technological uh, advances that we we need to be extremely grateful for and that we need to put to use. We need to put these things into use. Uh, I, I have this ongoing debate with one of the guys uh, at the lunch table, one of the doctors, and he really uh, is fearful of humans marrying their machines. And I said, well, we're already doing it. What are you talking about? We have artificial limbs. We've got pacemakers. And he said, yeah, but the idea of putting in an extra chip in a kid's brain so he's got more memory. I said, well, what, you know, what's the big deal? I mean, if it helps him and, uh, and he, he gets further along in life and he's smarter and he's able to do more, I mean, let's, let's utilize what we have and be grateful for it. Uh, you know, I don't care if, if I have things implanted in me. I just implanted a man-made antibody into my system, and basically these are little uh, – these are little automatons, little robots that go in, and they attach to a specific receptor site in my brain and prevent a headache. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, <laughs> nature. Thank you, universe. Thank you, researchers, you know? I mean, uh, uh, to me, it doesn't make any sense not to investigate and utilize safely all of our technologies to their fullest. It just doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm all for it. And I can't wait for more discoveries to come along, and I can't wait for robots to become more 
utilizable and more sentient, and I'm not worried about them taking over. Uh, I don't think that uh, that we present any kind of a threat to them. They are creations of ours, and we need to show respect for all of our creations, whether it's an automobile or uh, radio equipment or a computer or medical breakthroughs. All these things require that we show respect and that we have gratitude for these things. And I think that uh, as with all aspects of interaction in the universe, there's an action and a reaction. And if you treat your neighbor nice, chances are he's going to be nice back to you. And that's probably true with everything else that we encounter in the universe. So I'm not worried about that. That seems to me to be kind of silly. Uh, I think it's just a wonderful thing. But, you know, there are side effects to some of these monoclonal antibodies. There's no doubt about it. Dizziness, headaches. Some people can be allergic to the antibody. Uh, Diarrhea or constipation, cough, fever, itching, back pain, weakness, appetite changes, insomnia. Uh, All these things, but but these are things that you can have with any medication. And there, there are very small numbers of people that have these, you know, one to two percent. So it, it's not, not a big deal. And I guess like anything new, a lot of people are, are reluctant and suspicious. Uh, but remember, these things have been around now for 20, 25 years, have been in use 30 years. Uh, we, we just have to be careful to monitor these, these medications and the effects that they have on us. And, and we can do that safely. That's not a problem. And again, there's a, just a whole host of uses for these things, from autoimmune diseases to cancers to heart disease. You know, Jose, we've even got one uh, these antibodies out now that if you are, are intolerant of the statins, you know, the drugs for the cholesterol, some people get bad muscle aches from the statin drugs. I'm one of those people and you have heart disease or blood vessel disease, and you need to be on medication to control your cholesterol, there's now a monoclonal antibody. There's actually two of them out for uh, treatment of high cholesterol in people who cannot tolerate the, uh, the statin drugs. And uh, Praluent is one that I prescribe in my practice, P-R-A-L-U-E-N-T, and it is a wonderful drug, and it really helps get your bad cholesterol down and your good cholesterol up. And uh, these are miraculous, uh, miraculous drugs that are keeping people alive longer, healthier, happier, preventing heart attacks and strokes, and uh, making it a much better life in many ways. So especially if you have diagnosed heart disease, uh, blocked arteries, high cholesterol, and you can't tolerate the statin drugs, then we now have these monoclonal antibodies out. Of course, these things are expensive right now, and it's going to take some time and wider usage to get the production up and get the costs down, but uh, that's, that's just the nature of any new technology. So we got to hang in there and be grateful that the opportunities are here for us. Well, it's getting close to the end of the show. Looks like we've got about, what's 50 seconds, 30 seconds left. And I want to wish everybody a a very happy Thanksgiving. My favorite holiday, a time to be grateful, not only to and within ourselves, but grateful to each other. 
for all of the good things that we have given each other and for the support and love. I want to be grateful for not only for Jose and my neighbors and my family and friends, but for all of you out there who are with me every Sunday. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. I'll see you guys next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.